0: Sure. Welcome to another installment of Show To Be With Mike G, the show of life, the show of San Francisco, food pairing, being in tech. And Whiskies of the World, that's right, today we're talking with the event director and coordinator of Whiskies of the World, Austin Houston, and so many other instances, Mr. Douglas Smith, the guy who runs the show. I've had the pleasure of sitting on a panel and judging whiskey for Whiskies of the World for about four years straight now, and it's one of the greatest experiences I've had in my professional booze-related career, and Douglas is the man who made this all happen He comes from tech, he enjoys food, and he had a profound moment with whiskey and it brought him to be the event director for Whiskies of the World. There is yet another installment this Saturday in Houston. Lots of great faces, lots of great masterclasses, and you better believe there'll be a lot of great whiskey. I'll include some of the ticket information in the link today. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Douglas Smith.
1: Uh, meet the uh, strange people or, or strangers in the <laughs> bar and talk to them and and uh he i mean strange
0: is a good word yeah. i don't find jerry strange but he's a very interesting guy
1: well no not not yeah but i mean sitting at the bar there's always oh yeah the randomness you. there's yeah the randomness um yeah some guy who's owning a bunch of companies related to uh um to movies to yeah. to uh um, rappers uh music and yeah and
0: uh it's it is kind of nice it's one of the fun pieces of this industry mm-hmm. do you you know there's lots lots of things to talk about of course you're in town for the whiskeys of the world which we'll touch on quite a bit here in a moment but the traveling piece being a guy that's around booze and getting to be kind of just just around and introduced all these random people all over the place do you like that kind of thing traveling well I,
1: I do like that and and um the thing about the whiskey is in order to enjoy it you got to have a developed palate so you you're not just talking to drinkers you're not talking yeah. to somebody who you know drinks vodka uh so you've got a little bit more developed palate uh and so there's a little more depth to it yeah. uh, in general for people who can really enjoy the whiskey aren't just shooting it yeah that's a good point you think the conversations are better with people that are drinking whiskey yeah i i think yeah there's more depth to the whiskey drinkers <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean to, to enjoy properly enjoy whiskey. Yeah. Once you've gotten that, it's you've got to take your time. You've got to um you know, get the flavors in, the the intensity but the subtleness. So you yeah. have to take time to, to appreciate it. Um and, and uh therefore it just um you know, to enjoy the aromas, the flavors, the intensity. See how those combine with um well I, I always like introducing people to how this works with food. A lot yeah. of people have oh, no yeah. idea how well or the um the new dimensions of, of sensory perception you get when you right. start combining with food, and then showing people how I combine it with food. So, so everyone's a palate, everybody works a little bit different, and so you know I like to share my experience how it works for me. But everyone has to kind of figure out what works for them, also. Yeah, right. Because it's
0: and, always different. You know, you talk about whiskeys. There's many scotches, for mm-hmm. instance, that can be polarizing. You know, you talk about that peak mm-hmm. factor, not necessarily for everybody. Mm-hmm. What's something that you you know not the whiskey part itself but something you think's a good food that you could drink various types of whiskeys with and it really will help bring out some of those flavors
1: well it's not something that's fun is um, pineapple strawberries pineapple, really there there's the um there's a contrast there there's the acidity and the sweetness yeah. and then contrasting with with the uh, the bourbon or the malt right. and that's a fun one it's like wow really that is an interesting one yeah um yeah cuz it's um always you know <laughs> philosophy in life uh you can't knock it till you try it at least at least uh, once. That's true, yeah. Um, Does that fancy you a very adventurous person then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's always my my um. I talk about so you go to a restaurant. Yeah. Maybe the chef was sick. Maybe it was the busboy that night. Um. And every sitcom has at least one bad episode. What is sure. that? That was the first episode you saw. Yeah, yeah. So you got to give things most things, <laughs> a second chance before That's a you knock point.
0: it. Yeah. So you pretty. I mean, speaking kind of stepping out larger beyond whiskey then. You're pretty much an optimistic guy. You say, "Well, I'll give anything a chance and I believe it'll probably turn out okay."
1: Uh I d- just realize yeah, there there's always that off day. There's always something that, that goes wrong. So yeah. you can't knock it to try at least twice. Most, th- twice. There's always exceptions <laughs> to the rule. <laughs> there yeah,
0: there absolutely is. Do you like are you interested in so you know, whiskey is a very social thing. Mm-hmm. You talk about food. That's a great way to kind of expand that mm-hmm. conversation. But just being out there, people in general, you know, hospitality. Do you find yourself a guy that likes people diving into how they work, what their lives have been like?
1: You know, I definitely, I like to, to learn from other people's experiences, see, yeah. um, you know, where, where they came from, where they, it's kind of a fun thing with the uh, Uber drivers, always oh, uh, yeah. always getting to know who <laughs> Uber is, what, how they got, why are they driving Uber and yeah. where they came from, um, you know, their experiences in the world, uh, uh, where was I, what town i met a, uh, a a gentleman from um from the west bank oh no kidding and and, uh he was having some a rough time businesses but he just his perspective on america was just you know the the opportunity so much you know he's happy to be here from uh, other places despite um his current difficulties uh with his business yeah so and just it's definitely fun to see other people's perspectives in the world
0: and it helps i think you know you meet people like that sometimes Maybe our close group of friends. Maybe they're having a hard time. Maybe business isn't going well. Their relationships or whatnot. But I feel like that optimism just kind of, even if it's in something as random as an Uber drive or at a bar, right? Mm-hmm. There is, there are those people that inspire us. You know, just a little bit, mm-hmm. a little of that spark. You know,
1: right? Well, yeah, it's always good to know. Hey, <laughs> your life's not so bad after all. <laughs> yeah.
0: I can see it like this, and it's nice to kind mm-hmm. of expand things out. Well, so this whole journey, you know, one of the things that was interesting, and I don't talk too much about my, my personal career and stuff on the show, and I will continue not to, but we have that common thread in that we have some experience with tech. Mm-hmm. And you are, is it safe to say you're a California guy through and through?
1: Uh, Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Were you born in San San Jose? Uh, Oregon. Oregon, oh, okay. Mm. What part of Oregon? Uh, Portland, Oregon. Oh, no kidding. But most of my life since age three or five, I believe, has been in California. Yeah.
0: What kinds of things, when you think about growing up in California, you had this engineering background. Were you more a math guy? Were you more an arts guy? What kinds of more things more you, math and science? Yeah. What kinds of things did you do to stay interested,
1: to uh, you know keep your mind moving forward? Uh, you mean? Uh, I mean. Yeah, I always, you know, do the, the technical. The, there's always working on websites or programming tools yeah. or what have you. Um, and so engineering is, is quite similar just to programming. Yeah, oh, you yeah. Know, creating a fancy spreadsheets for putting fancy together all, all my uh, my uh, uh, the whiskey competition and arranging yeah. what have you or creating tools um, online for, for uh, the brands to sign up and create their spreadsheets and, you know, automate the, the process to, Put together the poor list and yeah. the event programs.
0: So it seems like all this experience kind of intersects then, and you've all this kind of history and kind of career that you've built. You're able to use these tools pretty regularly.
1: You know, no, no, no matter what your experience is in life, there's always <clears throat> there's not just a pigeonhole. You can always use things th- throughout uh, yeah. different realms. But just being able to manage, understanding how things work, it makes it easier to to manage other people or hire other people to put together your your programs or your your tools or yeah. or what have you
0: that inquisitive nature kind of that technical so you know I've, my parents are kind of different their one is very business operational oriented and then my mom's really artistic San Francisco woman mm-hmm. so when you talk about that spread where your what kinds of industries were
1: your parents in oh let's oh, see my dad uh, see my mom did nursing for a while nursing? my dad my dad is actually a a minister no kidding a, yes a preacher yes and so um um yeah so i have a, a religious background i do enjoy religion What any particular denomination uh, it's a non-denominational oh, okay, christian okay. religion yeah but uh so i find religion just religion in general of the world is very fascinating
0: yeah what do you find fascinating about it i, I think it it's just
1: immensely fascinating as well well that. the the need for people to have a belief in a, in a higher being yeah. um uh you know a power um where life goes the purpose of life right um and that, that that's just how the human mind uh works or what inspires it or what keeps it going i mean um it's also amazing how people are just so easily brainwashed you know sure. how religion has caused so much trouble in the world yeah because people don't um they blindly follow um it kind of it it all shows how the mind how magnificent it is how it works and how uh it has to be trained and and, and fed and properly um, um nourished yeah so that people learn to think critically for themselves
0: yeah it's an, i mean that's an amazing thing is that we all we often i think think about the brainwashing bit about religion but at the same point giving you some sense of what your existence is about it's mm-hmm. very powerful and can be a positive thing mm-hmm. for you do you like the because there's very very strict and by the book religion but there's also kind of more secular thinking introduces nature and things do you fancy yourself someone that's got a little wider perspective on the world
1: uh I, I, yeah i tend to think a little bit wider yeah. a little bit more open-minded um realizing that, that uh, um you can always be wrong sure that's you know, a great we're, thing we're, to we're, know yeah we're always learning more i mean it's just so fascinating about the um you know diet and high fat and yeah. low fat and what we we keep learning about that we were wrong about before yeah um and uh it does
0: change its kind of trends in in that respect was it always or was it something that your father wanted you to kind of follow in those footsteps or was he much more open to you pursuing whatever you wanted
1: to oh, pursue absolutely he was yeah he's he's no there's no pigeonholing Yeah, there. and then that's part of it is um their religion was very based on on um on, on uh, knowing things for yourself, proving everything for yourself, yeah. not just believing what you're heard. Um, and so it was kind of a, a, a Bible basics, but the, at the same time they wanted people to to know what, what was in the Bible, yeah. um, and not just take uh, somebody's word for it. That's pretty impressive, to be honest, mm-hmm. it's to keep you
0: inquisitive and keep mm-hmm. you questioning the world. So it seems like you know you've got this interest in how things work, which it feels like it's a nice blend as well with this kind of more secular thinking. Something that gives you maybe this position in the world, you know, all this stuff. So when you talk about your path, was college really the only path for you, you know, or did you think about, well, maybe I'll travel the world for a little
1: bit? No, no. Um, Yeah, you know, college is always the way to go. Yeah. I was always kind of a, an engineering type. And so it was just it was never a question, where am I going to go or what am I going to study? Right. I was always known I'm going to be, um, you know, an engineer of some sort. Yeah. Um, and so, it, is it mechanical or electrical? Either way, because so that's really finding out how mm-hmm. something works. Mm-hmm.
0: So it was that was it. You found you feel like that was your purpose.
1: Uh, I mean, it's, it's what uh, I enjoyed, right? Yeah. Building things, programming, putting stuff together, um, and so yeah. So engineering was the obvious choice. Yeah. Uh, went to school in Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and then. Um, Obviously, the next step would be to go to, to Bay Area. Yeah, of, of course, right? Where mm-hmm. where the money is. Was mm-hmm. the money a motivating factor for you at all? Uh, money is a motivating factor <laughs> yeah. for the for the world. Yeah,
0: well, unfortunately or fortunately, depending. So you made that shift then? You moved into the Bay Area when you finished? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. My first job was uh, uh, IBM. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Then, was it a cultural shift at all? Kind of moving? Because like, California is all pretty loose you know, mm-hmm. versus Texas, for example. but. Did you find that you were really exposed to newer and bigger things in San Uh I mean,
1: it's kind of no, close, no, right? No, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, everything transitions. It's, uh, you know, between, I always lived in California. Yeah. So uh grew up in Livermore area, um, Santa Barbara area. Uh, then, you know, going from college. I mean, ideally, I love the vicinity between San Luis Obispo and Santa Barbara. Yeah. But there's beautiful. just not the right work for me there. So yeah. the next best thing is the Bay Area. I mean, there's so, so vast variety of things to do outdoors and biking, the beach, yeah. you know, or Tahoe for skiing. Um, yeah. It's hard to, um, there's a reason. It's hard to, to turn your back to it. That yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Other things that you do enjoy kind of to take your mind out of the being in the details, take your mind away from the whiskey do you bike do you hike things Yeah that
1: uh, bike riding hiking yeah. uh, swimming uh you yeah, basically good little um activity yeah. uh sports to- the weather's nice Yes mm-hmm. versus here I think if you were out
0: biking here at <laughs> 1 pm it'd be unbearable
1: Well it depends you have to just pedal fast right so you have a lot of <laughs> air to clear you, yeah. clear you down
0: uh-huh. Actually that makes a lot of sense see process change mm-hmm. right there just change it <laughs> Was family also something that was a big importance to you to start your own family?
1: Uh, <clears throat> I, yes, I have a family. I have a wonderful little daughter. Yeah. Um, um, that was, you, you know, that's just, you know, I don't know. That, that's something that, that comes along. It's natural progression. It wasn't yeah. something that's like, oh, I have, have a, I have to have a kid. I have to have a family. It All just right. um, um, it wasn't my number one motivation in life. Just happened, but it just it just kind of happens. It's it's kind of the predestined, or yeah, (laughs) that's what you expect. Yes, you're always working for it. Uh, Another thing about about the human in general, the human Mm. uh, nature is that we want we're a gregarious creature, so we Mm. want to have a companion, right? So I mean, um, I guess I didn't put that as a number one goal, but but yeah, ultimately that that is yeah for most of us.
0: It makes sense, the gregarious nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Food, obviously, so when I think, so all right, so you're down in the details. You've had multiple jobs in the tech sector spanning probably over 20 years now, looks like, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Was food and flavor, was that something that also particularly interested you through that S- journey?
1: So, yeah, I've always been, I consider myself a foodie. Um, oh. Well, yeah, my, my uh, long story, I started out, I felt somewhat of a, of a um, I was an abused child. Yeah. My mother, she forced me to um eat like millet. <laughs> a millet and, and, really? And oatmeal yeah. and other whole grain cereals. You know, I, I felt um abused. All the other kids got, you know, cocoa <laughs> puffs and cornflakes. Yeah. And here I'm eating this uh this good stuff. Um and so but ultimately we, we had a, a good diet, low in sugar. Yeah. And so uh you know, I developed into a foodie. And so um <clears throat> So yeah, food's important, the flavors of food. And, and that's one thing I like about uh, the whiskeys. A lot of people don't realize how well that does combine with food. Yeah. And you, you go back, to, you mentioned some people can't handle the smoky whiskeys. So I really enjoy doing whiskey pairing dinners. Mm. And a lot of times you get these smoky whiskeys and people who don't like them, and you start combining them with different kinds of foods. It's like, oh, wow, I can handle the smoky whiskey now. Yeah. It's a whole new um you're right it Perception. changes it mm-hmm. which i mean do you do you like trying to
0: open up their eyes is that yeah. maybe one of your main objectives that, that, that's
1: kind of my goals i always focus on that so with an engineering background when i when i do whiskey presentations a lot of people like to talk about the history where it comes from yeah that's all nice but i'm more about the the science behind it the distillation the chemistry what makes this where are the flavors come from yeah. Why, what is this process um And so, I like the technical details. Um, And so, that's kind of where I focus on my I kind of figured, right? Mm -hmm.
0: So, going back to food briefly, what's something that, yeah, because my mom is the same way. Mm -hmm. Lots of veg, lots Mm -hmm. of whole grains, stuff that people only just started eating regularly. Like Mm -hmm. lavender and cucumber Mm salads, right? Like, Mm -hmm. no one did that in the 80s, you know. Mm -hmm. But when you think of something that is kind of a treat Mm -hmm. for you, something that maybe is an indulgence. What's something that you kind of return to that does give you that kind of break from healthy eating? oh
1: um it has to always be a good desserts. yeah, uh, um <laughs> I always you know when I go to a restaurant, I like to order what's what's not common yeah uh, what's what's different, Interesting. Uh, what's unique so um but but yeah, and then whiskey goes great with desserts yeah um, chocolate man so yeah, you know the chocolate uh, heavy creamy mousse will be good with a slightly. Or a smoky whiskey, yeah. um, uh, you know, a bourbon with a cream brulee. Oh yeah. Um, and what's what's fun about that is you kind of have a um, uh, the cream brulee, which has the caramelized top, but you eat that; it's it's very sweet, mm-hmm. it leaves this very sweetness on on your tongue. So now you wash that away with a little bit of bourbon. Yeah. And um, it washes the sweetness away, but then you feel the echo of the uh, caramel and vanilla on your tongue. It's like wow, and that the echo, the finish, yeah. it's just. Leaves a very pleasant um, um, feeling. Yeah, lingering. Aftertaste lingering in, in the uh, palate. And you get both
0: a very delicious dessert and a mm. brilliant whiskey. In a way, it's kind of being pretty greedy. <laughs> Think mm. <about> it. Yeah. <laughs> Double dipping mm. in a way. Well, so then all this stuff makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. There is the the engineering component to how
1: whiskey works, mm. right? So, so right. So I like to understand okay, how do how do things pair? What's techn- What's the a uh, technical science behind yeah. the pairing. Um, and one thing that's, that's noticed, so do you you have things that either complement each other or contrast each other. Mm-hmm. And this is, so you look at how, how do we dress? How do we put together clothing? Either you have colors that are complementary mm-hmm. or you have a contrasting. Anything in between just doesn't really work. I see. And so it seems that's how our, our palate, our, just our sensory in general works. Yeah. And so for the pairing of the food, same thing. Um, it's either contrasting or echoing. Anything in between is like, no, okay. So you think it resonates the best when it is deeply contrasted or deeply mm.
0: complementary? Ultimately,
1: yeah, and yeah, it just and that seems to be how we, in general, our perceptions like stuff. Mm. Uh, just if we, you know, go back to how we match our clothes, the yeah. same thing.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't thought it's either you know negative one one mm-hmm. or one one. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, kind of like assigning.
1: So so again, it's going it. back to to kind of the science of, of how um we we things work yeah always returning to that mm-hmm.
0: so obviously there's this amazing culinary scene great cocktails and things that are kind of emerging in the bay area as you're working was there any eye-opening moment where whether maybe it was with food or was with whiskey where you're thinking perhaps this is where i need to go with my career
1: um so i what, what's the story um being being an engineer, I was always look, well. I was always looking for a um, kind of a side business, something else. Yeah. I wanted to buy a bar that would have. a... Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I was looking, yeah, different bars that had um, kind of the dance floor area and uh. different uh, aspects. And then this opportunity came along for um, for the whiskeys of the world to take over this business, and uh, I thought, wow, that that would be, um, you know, right up my alley, just because it's event. Um, organizing uh-huh. which i would do as, as just kind of fun yeah. um, for different activities groups uh and so so i took over the business but before that um whiskey was just a um a strong spirit it was something i, I didn't really know what whiskey was at mm-hmm. that point or I, or I mean i knew what it was but it was something i didn't really enjoy so as i started to learn about it realized where the the where the flavors came from learn the science behind it um i started learning how to drink it ah and it's like wow there's there's a lot here and, and um it it becomes so easy to all of a sudden you know to, to be a cult following for this this sure. liquid well so complex um, it's got so mm-hmm. much uh,
0: so much stuff that tastes familiar but then foreign it's very just interesting
1: mm-hmm. cerebral mm-hmm. uh and so <clears throat> yes so when you know, when <laughs> when i meet people that uh say oh i don't really like whiskey um it's always wow because you don't know how to drink it yeah. um and so that's where i came from um you know and, and so i very much uh got um you know on, on track where this became a you know very strong enthusiast yeah. and so it's like wow th- this is um it was a good good fit for me. Yeah, um, it is. Were you
0: drink uh, in terms of your relationship with alcohol previous to opening your mind to whiskey? Was, were Were the things you
1: enjoyed drinking? Uh, beer and wine, beer and wine. Yeah. Um, you know, a mixed cocktail. Um, but but learning how to you know get these flavors as I was talking about the intense flavors from the mm-hmm. whiskey and put that with food. Um, that that's what really resonates with me now. Yeah. Um, so, what was
0: the the relationship like So, okay, so Whiskies of the World has been a brand for mm-hmm. some time. And I know San Francisco, that's one of the main instances mm-hmm. of the event, right? Where else is there? Yeah, obviously, Austin, there's another instance. Perhaps even Houston coming up, too, I hear. Right. Yeah, so mm-hmm. which? Are, how many cities now in total? I know it's grown, but when you started, mm-hmm.
1: about how many cities? Okay. Right? So, I started with just San Francisco. Okay. Um, then I wanted to you know, find some new locations to go. Mm-hmm. And so, Austin was the next location. So, one thing that it tends to, uh, I'm trying to find them. where are the whiskey cities? You know, where, yeah. where is a good following to, to do a show? Uh, so Austin uh, well, it was a good uh, city. Yeah. Then we went from Austin, then we did uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Did and cool. then Houston, and then um, somewhere in there, I added San Jose, yeah. which was um, you know, part of the Bay Area. It's just, it's just a big market there. So one thing I noticed about, where, what are the whiskey cities? Yeah. They, they tend to be um, cities they're all culinary cities, also. Got it. Okay. okay. And what makes these culinary cities? We have. It's, it seems that um, you have a lot of um, mixing of different cultures. Uh-huh. Oh, good. And so so this makes sense to me. You have different cultures that come together? They their their cuisines start getting fused together. You take the best of each, and so you have these different palates. And this is where it seems to be um, the 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 culinary cities. Yeah. And of course, if you're culinary, then also the whiskey. You know. Fits in there that's because right. it it's something that you have to have a good palate to really enjoy the get the most from it. Yeah. And that's so. Am-
0: well so then that makes sense. The food mm-hmm. again, right? The mm-hmm. pairing. Mm-hmm. So what's the newest city?
1: Uh next next on the might uh, add Dallas to the mix just oh, makes yeah. it easy to go to go um Austin, Houston, Dallas. Yeah. Um but or, or it could be um could be florida florida it's a good market or um or arizona arizona
0: so when you first started so i'm trying to understand because the as the event director that's the proper Mm -hmm. title right the larger company or the larger owners of whiskeys of the world what is that structure like is that your baby or are you Mm -hmm. working for the larger company
1: so I I um I took over bought the whiskeys of the world oh wow and then I I made a, a um I guess a partnership deal yeah. with International Wine and Spirits a much bigger company to sure. to um uh to work with them in order to expand um the business gotcha you know because they've you, got the resources using the great. resources yeah. the connections um just to make it easier to to grow the business oh that's incredible
0: and you're you're really heavy into organizing each of these cities right mm-hmm. do you have a big staff that helps you as well
1: uh no it's a small staff but that that keeps growing yeah. as i try to expand
0: yeah it's pretty amazing When do you think about the experience for someone attending one of the whiskeys of the world personally i love the vibe mm-hmm. the com- conviviality i guess you could say mm-hmm. right what are some of the things you're aiming to provide for people that come to one of these events
1: um what you know what what makes them something memorable is, is anytime you discover something new. You discover a new whiskey, you discover a new way to enjoy it or, yeah. or discover that it works well with food. Mm. And so um, when you learn something new, uh, you know, that's always, always the goal, yeah. to provide a, um, a relaxed environment, um, a fun environment, and something where there's something new. Yeah,
0: that's, It's kind of incredible. And the, the other thing that's really interesting about these events is there's the, the master tasting event where mm-hmm. you know, you've got your vendor's get exposed to some great juice there. But you also, it seems like you're also really wanting to create an education piece too. You have these master classes, mm-hmm. right? So with that side of the pre-tasting piece, what did you look to accomplish there with a classroom setting?
1: Uh, so again, the, the classroom, um, you're tasting whiskey, but you're going through it more slowly. You're going as a guided tasting with, with a, um, a a master, a guru. And when you just, just somehow in this environment you get a little bit more out of the out of the product for for the majority you know for the majority of people yeah you you get more depth uh flavor you just get a more in-depth tasting because you're being guided through it you're learning more about it yeah um, and so understanding the background understanding what goes into the whiskey um it's like art appreciation i see okay yeah. so when when you you learn about art you learn about the building architecture what have you Mm. and all of a sudden you see a frank lloyd wright building and you know what went into that you you know the um the different uh compromises or, or what goes into building it you have a lot more appreciation when you see these buildings right same thing with the whiskey when you understand it better you understand what goes into it what makes it where the flavors come from it's easier to oh wow i can taste it you get a better appreciation for it. Yeah.
0: And it kind of connects you to it better mm-hmm. too, right? And mm-hmm. because whiskey is an extension of the soul in a way, mm-hmm. right? It is this thing that transports us back to where it was delivered and distilled and aged and all of that. Do you when you think about that element of whiskey, because of course it's interesting, there's lots of components at play, but when you think about where it came from, the places, mm-hmm. the beauty of these particular you know, whether they're coastlines or whether they're deep valleys mm-hmm. and whatever how do you feel about that piece of? Do you like the history, the geography of it?
1: Um yeah, I mean the, so so then you you try to you're trying to taste the ocean um the salt water of the ocean the, the the different environmental aspects from yeah. that part of the world. Um and, um because it all it's all absorbed into the whiskey. The whiskey yeah. you know, breathes you know, that um where it's matured. So definitely that affects it. Um and knowing where that comes from, you can is it imagination you start tasting it that's right yeah. um, and it can be the, the the mind is very you know very suggestive. powerful and suggestive yes yeah. um and so um but but then again if, if you know where it comes from can you taste that because you're looking for it uh you know they, they can be true yeah um and so yeah there's a lot of people now doing the virtual reality type tastings where they give you the, the head mask and um and you you know they're showing you the environment where the whiskey comes from yeah um those are fun.
0: It is. And I think it's an interesting way to add more depth to the aesthetic mm-hmm. of whiskey. You know, having a time and place also helps us connect to the people and to the place. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's more enjoyable in that sense. Have you, as this proprietor of what is becoming an incredibly popular event, I mean, it's a massive thing. I think mm-hmm. it sells out every year in Austin. You know, mm-hmm. it's a great attendance. I keep seeing increasing. Uh, also very thankful to be able to, you know, judge and taste these whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Are you afforded the luxury of going to visit many of these distilleries that produce the whiskeys that are part of your events?
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Anytime I have I have time, I yeah. always, always always get the private tour, yeah. which is always fun. It that's not so bad, is <laughs> the it? The perks, perks of yeah, being uh, the event director. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I definitely enjoy that. I definitely enjoy talking to the uh, distillers and looking at the equipment, understanding the science, the physics, the uh, chemistry behind um, each uh, operation.
0: Yeah. It's a pretty interesting and beautifully special place and position to be in as an event director mm-hmm. for this event, because as you say, they'll take you, they take you around, to get to taste the good stuff. Mm-hmm. When you think about whiskeys in general, and not brand aside, this isn't about brand. What are some things that really resonate for you? What are things that you prefer in the flavor of whiskeys?
1: Oh, um, you know that there, there's a whiskey for every different. Uh, um, mood or every different uh, um you know um you know course of meal um whiskey goes great with salad and so but it's a different whiskey with your salad than than a whiskey with um you know with your steak or with your pasta or with you know with your uh, eggplant parmesan yeah and and so um um yeah that that, that's it's hard to very subjective
0: how about rainy day you've Mm -hmm. had a hard day at work and you're just at the house and you want a dram of something. What's the right genre of whiskey for that kind of thing? Uh
1: beer? uh again, you know, a difference between a bourbon or, or a malt, it, yeah. you know, your mood it just is not depicted necessarily by by the rain or the sun, but yeah. um those are all factors. Nothing in life is, is black and white. There's always so many different elements, factors that go into sure. it to make up that Fourier series to get the final result. Yeah. Um and so and it and it's different every day. So you just can't pigeonhole me yeah <laughs> no i think that well brand. i
0: appreciate that that level mm-hmm. of detail right because mm-hmm. we are in a brief tangent but we are in an era of rhetoric that seems so black and white mm-hmm. right this is bad this is good well maybe it's not that simple because of course it's not that simple people aren't great people aren't horrible sometimes we're mm-hmm. right in the middle so do you find that whiskey gives you all of those variations all of that
1: gray area uh, yeah, and that, that's that's another thing that's fun about it is to to understanding what makes the flavors, how it comes from, uh, why you have such a vast range of flavor profiles. Yeah. Uh, you know, it creates um, the, the differences. It really does. Well, you've been
0: in this game for how many years now, the whiskey? Uh, eight years. Eight years. Mm-hmm. How many instances in Austin? I think this is like the fourth or fifth, isn't it? Uh, I think the sixth. The sixth? No, shit. To... Getting older by the minute, I think. Look at that, yes. Mm hmm. When you think about how things have changed, I know whiskey has boomed and it continues to boom. Do you have any particular feelings on the craft segment? I know that when we're judging it, it is a particular uh, pa- panel, or not panel, but it's a particular selection, right? It's a different mm-hmm. subset, if you will. Of Has that been a good thing for whiskeys, having these craft smaller guys being able to make stuff too?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, the craft distiller is always trying to be more creative. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, understanding the technology um they um, they can do different things or better job um earlier b- mm-hmm. because they understand exactly how the distillation works what um you know how to get you know uh, <clears throat> make it a smoother better spirit from you know off the, right off the steel yeah so it doesn't take as long to mature um but basically understanding the sciences uh, everyone there's always people playing around with the um, um, fast uh, maturation mm-hmm. uh, and some technologies are are people are discovering it it's quite interesting interesting um i don't know that you know it'll always be exact there'll be a difference between something that's uh, rapidly matured right. and something that's you know been sitting in the barrel for eight years uh, but um it, it's quite fascinating as science is we you know learn yeah. exactly what creates this um the maturation process what's going down what is the science what are the um, what's getting broken down for for this product to absorb the flavors from the wood yeah and so um yes so so the craft is, is doing a you know a great thing getting a lot more whiskey a lot more varieties you know it just you know like like the beer craft right uh from the 80s and so um some some will survive and some won't but it'll be a great experience for everybody along the way yeah it's good to keep learning
0: and being able to taste new things and having empowering people with really creative minds to try new things sometimes it comes out just wonderfully and sometimes, conversely, it comes out horribly. But mm-hmm. having that is a very, very interesting thing. With your interest in distillation and the science of whiskey, do you ever think that maybe that's a path you want to take? That you would like to operate a distillery? That you'd like to open up
1: a place? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's something that's always, always in, in the back of the mind. Yeah. Uh, if time ever provided, uh, it'd be, you know, be fun to set up a uh, um, uh, a hobby. Yeah. still some place and that's how a lot of things start out for people it starts out as a hobby and then um all of a sudden it you know it's a business or it's um yeah it grows or you try to make it a business and it ends up being a hobby either, mm-hmm. way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. either way i suppose mm-hmm. depending well i think that you'd have a really interesting perspective on the granularity of that science and sometimes those kinds of minds produce really amazing spirits you know Hmm. well so i only have a few questions left for you and then I know you've got we've got the panel tomorrow which will be Mm -hmm. great seeing you again and we've got an an esteemed selection of panel panelists and judges this year which would be great but for you this is kind of a a creative question and Mm -hmm. don't take it uh black and white this is just in this moment this maybe this month of your life how are you feeling and I ask this question of all my guests so let's say you're at any bar in the world sipping whatever whiskey it is that you would like to sip and you could have a conversation with anybody, living or deceased. Now, this doesn't have to be the same person forever, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. just right now, who's someone you might like to sit there and have a conversation with?
1: Uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he was incredibly smart. He was an inventor. Yeah. I mean, just uh, he was the, uh, a politician, a, you know, a um, uh, an ambassador. Yeah. Uh, he was just... Um, somebody had a, you know, wide breadth of, um, of talent and experience. Uh, and so he wasn't just a, a nerdy, uh, I mean, so, you know, his, his inventions, his, his technical knowledge was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, but along with, with him being, um, uh, a diplomat, um, um, uh, an ambassador, um, he was just a very fascinating individual who, you know, would be great to That'd have be a That'd be incredible. Roof. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's
0: a thinker, he's a feeler, he's mm-hmm. a lover, apparently, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had a good bit of sort of so I think it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense, combining all of those things into the one guy that could drink a hell of a lot, mm-hmm. I'm very sure. Well, so the whiskeys of the world, so we've got, Austin's coming up here, I think it's September, I can't remember exactly. September uh, 16th. September 16th and then you've got when does the san francisco oh that's
1: that comes around march, uh, march 24th okay. of 2018
0: so you're about to put in the texas gauntlet though cuz you got austin you got houston what are you what are you looking forward to this year with the event having grown to the degree that they have
1: uh what I'm looking forward to yeah. is looking forward to, to you know meeting a lot more people uh in, introducing um so what what makes the events great is that you have a wide range of whiskey drinkers there from the newbies yeah. who are just learning to to the enthusiasts to to the um um uh, you know very experienced uh drinkers and so everyone together talking sharing their passions uh um tasting together it creates the right environment where where people can learn uh and they increase their their knowledge or their appreciation for whiskey yeah uh and so it's just always trying to get to um a newer audience and also um trying bringing along restaurants to do food pairings and trying to get people to really do the pairing by seeing how these flavors uh blend yeah um on the palate you're the facilitator
0: man you're Mm -hmm. bringing these you're like the matchmaker bringing the flavors and bringing the minds together last question for you as a guy that's exposed to lots of whiskeys you're coordinating the event you're sipping you're getting to socialize all the great benjamin franklin like Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. right do you what, what kind of level taster do you consider yourself as? Cuz you mentioned the word guru which I imagine mm-hmm. talking about the master still level. Where do you think you are now?
1: Uh you know you know so- somewhere um uh, uh, you know above the above the middle. Yeah. Um I, I enjoy the whiskies uh you know the the more you work at it the more the taste taste it the more you you can you know pick out the flavors. Yeah. Uh and so you know I'm I'm somewhere um I, uh, some somewhere above the uh, the middle. Yeah. uh I'm being able to really uh, distinguish and enjoy and and um, uh, expand or share my my appreciation and, and uh, enthusiasm. Always learning, right? Mm-hmm. Always learning. Well, it's
0: been brilliant to finally get to know you a bit better. You know, we've been running in the same circle here for a few years, and we've got maybe just a few minutes to talk in the past four years. Mm-hmm. it has been good to sit down. I'm looking forward to yet another successful year of Whiskeys of the World in Austin, in Houston. And thank you so much for letting me play a part in that.
1: Hey, thanks so much, Mike. It's been great to be here. to yeah. we'll talk to you.
0: Really good, man. And uh, sip some more coffee. Yeah. I, I'm astonished I didn't bring any whiskey. Mm-hmm. My apologies, Douglas. It's, but it is Sunday morning, you know. <laughs> and maybe we'll work around that here in the near future. Great talking <laughs> to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, there we have it, Douglas Smith, the event director of Whiskeys of the World. Many installments across the United States, San Francisco, Austin. And this Saturday, September 30th in Houston, great sips. Elise Blackman's doing a master class. Michael D'Souza is doing a master class. Lots to be learned, lots to be sipped. And it is a great event. Douglas, I love hearing the story. It's great that you came from tech, that chocolate, food, and whiskey all kind of came together and made this profound moment where you said i'm gonna bring amazing experiences and amazing sips to the public in a wonderful wonderful event thank you so much for allowing me to participate and thank you for taking the time to sit down and chat with me and thank you for listening to show to be with mike g and whether you're thinking i need to finish and binge watch 30 rock before it leaves netflix on october 1st or is it finally time to watch children of the corn on netflix it probably is please keep dancing